Welcome back to the Hope Restored podcast. We are starting a new series called Never Again. And this is the first episode titled Toxic Relationships. Why do we have such a strong desire to be in a relationship? Let's be real. The thought of meeting Mr. or Mrs. Wright who clicks with you on every level sounds pretty dreamy. You know, the one who's there for you but also knows when to give you space. Someone who's honest and kind and encouraging to you. Someone you completely fall head over heels for on every front and that it's also mutual. It's like every Hollywood love story. We all want that. But sometimes we can desire a relationship so badly that we think something with anyone is better than nothing with no one. That's when we find ourselves settling for less than what we deserve. Something that actually ends up being toxic for our own soul because we choose to settle for less than what we are worth. Today, we're going to take a look at some ways to make sure that we are not settling and how we can avoid a potentially toxic relationship. My first point in today's episode is no one goes into a relationship thinking that it will be toxic. It's not our plan. We don't plan to get into a relationship thinking, oh, you know what, I really want this to not work out. I really want to get hurt. I really want to hurt the other person. No, none of us think that way. We don't go into something thinking that way. Most relationships start with a date, right? It starts with romance. The date ends with a kiss and bam, you're done. You're in. But how can we get to know someone when the relationship has already begun with romance? That first kiss has brought both of you to a place where it is now going to keep moving in that direction. So you are more likely to overlook any red flags. Forget about vulnerability, friendship, dreams, goals, compatibility, We're not even thinking about that anymore because we're so head over heels with the attraction, the kiss, the attraction to each other. We end up jumping in with both feet, lowering our standards, and then we find ourselves settling because we're so attracted to this person and who they say that they are or seem to be. It trumps everything else. We ditch the gut feeling. You know, the feeling that you have when you know something just isn't right. We ignore that. We don't ask questions or confront the person with our suspicions. How will you know if this person whom you're so attracted to is not who they really seem to be if you are blinded by lust? Funny story, actually. So I remember when my brother came up with a save me plan. In case he was out on a date and needed to find a way to escape if it went south, He agreed that if the date was starting to go south really fast, that he could text 
his friend the letter X. And the letter X is supposed to signify, dude, I need help. I need a way out and I don't want to be rude. <laughs> I don't want to just leave the date and, and, and be rude to this person. So if he sends that letter X, it means that he would need to get a phone call. It would um, send a signal to whoever he sends it to, a close friend of his. And that person would then call him with an emergency phone call. Uh, so one night a few years ago, he went out to an open mic night at a coffee shop. He happened to sit by a really pretty girl and they began talking while watching the performances. The conversation was going really well. It was flowing. They seemed to really click. They were attracted to each other. Both of them enjoyed all the performances. After a couple of hours, the conversation went in a more serious direction. They started talking about more serious things, like their beliefs and, and stuff like that. Somehow, they got on the topic of 9-11. And suddenly, this really pretty, cool girl made a very strange comment. She told him that she believed that 9-11 was all planned. There was a, a conspiracy. It didn't actually happen. It was actually just a holographic. I wish I was there to see the look on my brother's face. But the way he told the story was that from there, he excused himself to go to the bathroom, immediately texted a friend of his the letter X. And by the time he got back from the bathroom, his phone started to ring. And his friend was on the other line. And from what I remember, he just, you know, made up some emergency on the phone. And my brother's reaction was, oh my gosh, is everything okay? Right in front of this girl. And he hangs up and he has to tell her, oh, I'm so sorry. I need to leave. I, I have an, a family emergency. I can't stay. I'm so sorry. It was nice talking to you. And then just like, leave without any more explanation or or having the time to exchange any numbers with each other. I would say that he caught that red flag right away and saved himself a lot of trouble. Some signs like those are very obvious. But what if my brother chose to ignore that comment because she was so attractive? He could have easily just chosen to overlook that. Oh, we were having a good conversation. Everything else flowed so well. She's attractive and she's attracted to me. Wow, it can't be a big deal. That, that's not really a big deal. Or is it? Other red flags are not so evident. So let's talk about some obvious red flags and some not so obvious ones. First of all, violence is an obvious red flag. But how do we see that? Like, what are the signs of someone potentially being violent because it's not like you meet them and then they push you or hit you on the first date, right? Or not even the second date or the third date or not even for a few months. And by that time, you're already kind of emotionally invested. So how do you find the signs? Well, a couple of ways. Through conversation, you'll notice that they may scream or yell or get easily angered lose their temper, 
Let's say you have a fight or an argument and they do those things. That is a red flag, people. That is a red flag. Or they get in your face. You're having an argument and they get into your, in your face in person. You're talking and it's just not calm. Obviously, drugs or alcohol abuse is a huge red flag or a huge sign of potential violence in the relationship. Grabbing you, pushing you, threatening you. Those are things that he or she could be saying that is a sign of violence that could come. It shows that this person has no self-control. Also, you may see them using sarcasm, they're moody, or they're very intimidating. Those are all red flags and could potentially be a physically violent, abusive relationship. Abusers go through a cycle. There's different stages. It starts off kind of tense and then becomes more explosive in time. So it's not like they're explosive right away and you're like, oh, wow, I, uh, that's pretty obvious. I'm going to walk away now. Um, it's not always like that. There's even a honeymoon stage in the cycle of an abuser. So you need to watch how they react to you. Take social cues. None of these things that I mentioned are acceptable and they are all inexcusable. You are worthy to be treated better than that. Another huge red flag is lying, cheating, and hiding things. Lying. Oh, the lying. Pornography and flirting with other people fall into this category. Sometimes this isn't very obvious, the lying or hiding things, but eventually it comes out. People who lie, cheat, or hide things, which is the same as lying, can't keep up with it for very long. But even doing it just one time is enough to break trust between two people. But doing it multiple times without any long-term change or any short-term type of remorse or showing of any change makes it extremely hard to earn that trust back. Sometimes even after trust has been broken between two people, you may even have some good moments or some good days, but the relationship will most likely remain fragile. Like you're always waiting for the next wrong move to come. Breaking trust slowly erodes any confidence there once was in the relationship. Sometimes even all the fight in the world cannot repair it when it has been badly broken. You should know when enough is enough before you end up broken too. A healthy relationship is built on trust. This means both people have to be vulnerable with each other. That means you need to be truthful. And you're going to want someone who's going to be honest with you from the get-go. Someone who's not so desperate to have you or a relationship that they end up lying to you. You want someone who's secure in themselves and has integrity. This is going to be the person who will build a strong foundation of trust with you. All right, another huge red flag is someone who's controlling. And sometimes people who are controlling, you can't really tell they're being controlling. But 
you'll start to notice that you begin changing. And how you notice those things is by paying attention to what you're changing in your life or your behaviors or even your wardrobe. Have you noticed that you're changing the way that you dress, covering up a, a lot more just so that you don't hear from the your partner or significant other any comments about how you're dressing or how it makes them feel uncomfortable and insecure? How about you're not hanging out with your friends anymore? You stopped hanging out with your friends because you're afraid of making your significant other jealous or upset. And the only time you ever go out is with your partner. You never do double dates. You don't do group events. He or she needs to constantly time you and know your schedule, where you're going. All of your time has to be with them. They need to have your passwords to all your social media accounts. Anytime your phone goes off, they question you or accuse you. These are all things that controlling people do when you have done absolutely nothing to even make them suspicious. I'm not talking about you lied and cheated and now they need your passwords to feel, you know, secure, some more security to try try building back some trust that was lost. I'm talking about people who are controlling when you've done absolutely nothing to make them suspect that of you. If you notice any of these signs, anything like this, run. Do not let someone else make you lose yourself. A healthy relationship allows you to have freedom to still be who you are and to do the things that you love. In fact, a good partner is someone who empowers you to be better. Have you stopped doing the things you love? Not working out anymore? Or taking time alone or away from the person that you're with just to focus on you? You still need to have me time in a healthy relationship so that you can still have self-care or soul care. If you find yourself dropping important things from your schedule to accommodate a relationship, then this is a sign of codependency and that you're not taking any more time to get your soul care. Your friendships outside of your relationship are very important to your mental health. You need to maintain that. What about your goals and your dreams? If you stop chasing your goals or dreams because of this relationship, it's a pretty good indication that you could be in a toxic relationship. Or if your dreams and goals have changed to their dreams and goals, that's also not good. The best relationships are when two people come together in alignment with their dreams and goals to pursue their passions together. That, my friends, is an unstoppable force. That's what you're looking for. Not to change who you are and where you want to go in life because you want to be with this person or vice versa. They're doing the same thing to you. They're just agreeing with everything that you say, everything that you want in life because they so desperately want to be with you. That's not going to work. In the long run, it's just not going to work. Self-care and soul care, self-care, soul care, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing. It's super important to have. My favorite thing is working out. If I stop working out because I just want to spend so much time with this other person that doesn't work out, then I am now compromising soul care. 
So whatever that thing is that you love doing and you stop doing it, that's a bad sign. And finally, emotional and verbal abuse is definitely a red flag, something you need to stay away from. It actually can be very common in relationships and you may not even realize it. It could look different for every person. Some are obvious, some are clear, like calling you names, being rude, crude, mean. Those are obvious signs of emotional or verbal abuse. But emotional abuse could be found in other ways. I'll give you an example. Let's say your significant other or partner had a bad day. They come complaining to you about it later on. Or they told you about it. They're telling you that they're having a bad day. But you have some things going on. And you just, you just can't really be there for them the way that maybe they want you to. So later on in the day, they come complaining to you that you weren't there for them, that you should have been there for them, and you should have been the one to make them feel better. Then they start to blame you because you made them feel worse. They're blaming you for their emotions and feelings. They didn't even ask you for any support. They just expected you to instinctually know that you were supposed to be there and make them feel better. You should have canceled your plans, called out of work, gotten off the phone, dropped everything you were doing to tend to their bad day and make them feel better. This is an extremely selfish and classic example of poor personal boundaries or soul care. Which leads me to my next point. Toxic relationships don't have healthy boundaries. Healthy relationships do. Personal boundaries help us set limits or rules for ourselves in a relationship. This gives us the confidence to say no to others when we need to or when we want to. But it also allows us to be comfortable opening ourselves up to others for emotional intimacy and closeness in a relationship. Sometimes people have boundaries that are either too rigid or too porous. That's not healthy. Avoiding any connecting, like sharing your feelings or ideas, is not healthy. And usually this happens because someone or that person is afraid of what you may think of them or they're insecure about themselves. If you notice that the person you're dating will not share anything about their past or their current feelings, that's a red flag. If they don't go deep with you now, they never will. But the opposite of this is someone who overshares. That's also not good. Oversharing personal information can be very harmful and hurtful. Over or undersharing are both unhealthy traits of what boundaries should look like in a person or a relationship. Some other bad traits of people who have rigid or porous personal boundaries are someone who is unlikely to ask for help or has a difficulty saying no. So never asks for help or always says yes. It's like one extreme to the other extreme. There's no middle ground. Not good, not good boundaries. Or someone who has very few close relationships or on the opposite side is over-involved in other people's problems. They could be very protective of their personal information, as I was saying, or they're very dependent of the opinions of others. They could seem detached or extremely accepting of abuse or disrespect. 
They keep others at a distance to avoid rejection or they fear rejection if they do not comply with others. So as you see, these are all extremes from one side to the other and they're not good. There's no middle ground here. A healthy relationship means both people have healthy personal boundaries. These are two whole people, not two half people who fill the other half of that person to make them whole. That's not how it works. Both people trust and believe in themselves. They value themselves and take good care of themselves mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Both people also value their own needs and feelings as well as each other's. I'm not better than you and you're not better than me. Your feelings and my feelings are equally as important. Both people in the relationship are comfortable saying no. Neither of them is a people pleaser and both people also welcome others in their relationship to speak wisdom into their lives and value them as well. So my final point, another super important thing to have in any relationship is accountability. Toxic relationships have no accountability. One of the greatest favors you can do for yourself is to have a mentor or multiple mentors. Think about a couple you know or a couple you met in your lifetime that represents the kind of relationship you want to have. Why not have people like that to be part of your courtship? Look for people who you can trust, who are not afraid of telling you when you should end the relationship, as hard as that may be, who can guide you both in the right direction without having to face unnecessary heartbreak later on. Have more than one couple involved or have a close friend who knows you that you can talk to that has the kind of personality that will tell you how it is. Give it to you straight. You want someone like that in your life. It could be a spiritual leader you know, or even a therapist. Ain't nothing wrong with that. What you don't want is someone speaking into your relationship just telling you what you want to hear. And you don't want anyone telling you that any of the red flags you're seeing are just normal. You want to find people who understand your past, your journey, and your goals and dreams who will not be afraid to challenge you and say the hard things that you need to hear. Now, if you're in a relationship with someone who will not welcome any mentors or accountability partners, I caution you to back out of that relationship. Or if the person you're dating is not taking anything into consideration that your mentors have warned or challenged you about, that's also a huge red flag. Because that simply means they're not willing to grow or listen to any wisdom. They are signs of immaturity. And if you want that woman or man that I mentioned in the beginning of this message, the person who wants to know you so they can love you best, then you need to wait for someone who wants the advice and wisdom of accountability partners or mentors. So that if they hear any advice that's really challenging, that could mean that you need to stop the relationship because you need to work on these things, they'll actually take it into consideration and maybe even do it. That is strength, that's maturity. That's wisdom. So there really are many ways to see when a relationship's not a healthy one. But the best way to see this is to take time. Don't jump into a relationship with someone so quickly. Get to know them as a friend first. Watch how they live their life. See who they hang with. And don't ignore those red flags when you start to see them. Never compromise your soul care. Set healthy personal boundaries and stick to them. Have high standards and do not settle. 
If they don't align with any of your goals and dreams, move on. You will save yourself from so much heartache if you cut yourself loose sooner. And unfortunately, it's even harder to get out of a toxic relationship once you're in one and the longer you stay in it. I like how Tony Robbins put it regarding healthy versus an unhealthy relationship. He said, some of the biggest challenges in relationships come from the fact that most people enter a relationship in order to get something. They're trying to find someone who's going to make them feel good. In reality, the only way a relationship will last is if you see your relationship as a place that you go to give, not a place that you go to take. Tony Robbins is a wise man, people. So what, most of what I shared is countercultural. But don't you want a healthy relationship with someone who truly loves you? No one wants to be stuck with someone miserable for the rest of their lives, missing out on their true purpose of what they were destined to do. A couple should be a driving force, not an immovable anchor on a ship that's set to sail. It is not worth it. You are worth more. You were made for more. It's who you are. Perhaps you've forgotten who you are. I get it. I had forgotten who I was because of the toxic, abusive relationship I was in for many years. I was the girl who lost herself, but I'm no longer lost. I know who I am and I know my purpose and you have a purpose and it's time to reclaim who you are. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Thank you for listening to the Hope Restored podcast. This episode was about toxic relationships. We'll be back with the next episode in the series titled Never Again. The next episode will be about reclaiming your 